Welcome back to PRSSA Podcasts. Our guest today is Donna L. Lavoie. Donna is an industry veteran with more than 30 years of experience in health science, and she founded Lavoie Health Science in 2001. With her early experience working with signature biotech companies and leading communications functions, she identified the needs of emerging, developed, and established companies and launched Lavoie Health Science. Under Donna's leadership for the past two decades, Lavoie Health Science has become an agency of dedicated specialists capable of delivering award-winning, smart, and relevant communication solutions for clients. Hi, Donna. How are you? I'm well, Nicole. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I wanted to start off by hearing a little bit more about Lavoie Health Sciences. Could you tell me a little bit more about it and what its focuses are? Sure. So Lavoie Health Science is a strategic communications firm focused in helping health and science innovators with their complex communications challenges. It's a firm that I started 21 years ago after spending some time in-house enrolled in the early days of biotech in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is one of the key hubs of the industry. And what led you to founding Lavoie Health Sciences? Well, that's kind of an interesting story, actually. Um, I worked uh, for several years, um, like I said, inside companies in industry. I also started my career in venture capital, which is how I got into the sector. So I was on a venture capital healthcare team called Advent International, which is a at the time was a well-known venture firm that was focused in healthcare. And uh, my boss, um, who held, who led the healthcare team there, had said to me, you know, after um, putting me into Genzyme Corporation, which was one of the fund's investments, had later said to me, when are you starting your agency? <laughs> and I said to him, I didn't know who I was. <laughs> Here you are with your own agency. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome. What made you choose to work in the health and innovation markets? And how does communication within those markets compare and differ to other markets? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So actually, truth be told, um, I spent most of my career in in the biotech, the early days of biotech in Cambridge, I did have one stint in technology. I was vice president of investor relations at a NASDAQ 100 company called um, Cambridge Technology Partners that was eventually bought by Novell. And that transaction took place in 2000, which is what led me into starting my agency because I went back to John John Littlechild is his name. And I said, John, I'm trying to figure out what to do next. And that's when he said, well, when are you starting your agency? So when I first started, truthfully, um, our focus was going to be both in health and tech because I was fascinated by the intersection of both. And today, as it turns out, you know, there is more and more integration and intersection for sure, right? We have generational AI companies in the healthcare space that are that are helping companies with drug discovery. Um, so, and there's a lot of digital healthcare companies. So 
So there is more of a technology focus than there was even then, even though back then, you know, there was some early talks of it. So the original focus was going to be both. And as it turned out, we eventually sort of led us to a sole focus in this particular sector, where the passion really lies, to be honest. Totally. Very nice. And if I'm not mistaken, your firm has an, an alliance with the Omnicom Public Relations Group. What does that Correct. partnership look like? It's a, it's a global strategic alliance, and um, we partner with a number of Omnicom agencies, um, either for extension of, of our work for our clients or where they see fit. Um, from their client perspective. So they may have a client that has specific need in a particular area, such as the investor relations area. That is one of the key area for Omnicom that that they don't cover quite as, quite as well, um, especially in this particular niche and sector. And, and so in those cases, they call us in to potential situations. And then there are other situations where there's just frankly a conflict or it doesn't fit their risk profile. Because as a very large holding company, they uh, really need to focus on a certain size company, if you will. So that's where the alliance comes in. So what do daily operations look like in terms of collaborations between the two organizations? Well, I wouldn't say that daily operations and collaboration. It's much looser than that. Um, uh, you know, we're in regular contact, but we are a separate, independently owned company. And so there isn't sort of that reporting structure uh, in terms of, you know, reporting into the mothership, so to speak. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. So I wanted to ask a little bit more about Lavoie Health Sciences in terms of what is one campaign that Lavoie Health Sciences has executed that has stood out? And what made this campaign unique? I think, well, there's a, there's a couple actually, but I think the one that really does stand out and is actually uh, pending an award in the medical innovation category uh, for PR Week for the healthcare awards, which will be in May. So we are a finalist for this particular campaign. And this is a 3D printed ear. Um, so it is a 3D printed ear, um, an experimental treatment on a uh, very young child um, who didn't, who was born without a full ear, and um, our client was able to grow uh, an ear and implant it on, and it has been very, very successful. So that was a, you know, we do a lot of things at Lavoie in terms of message development, we have our branded uh, message development framework, and we have other services and products that, that we utilize with our clients. But this one was not only message development, but it was a complete pull through of media, earned media campaign. So it is a very true earned media focused, very highly successful campaign for sure. On a, on a global basis. Wow, that's incredible. So what sort of earned media have you guys leveraged for this campaign? 
Well, you know, it's the teams that are really working on it. Um, you know, I'm just the <laughs> I'm just the head of the firm. Um, but you know, I have a very strong team um, that have pulled this through. And uh, in terms of types of media, this garnered everything imaginable. So it, it was the front page of the New York Times. Wow. Yeah, with something like that, it's got to be big, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's every PR person's dream who um, has the appetite for earned media, for sure. But, you know, this this particular innovation and study showed up. I mean, New York Times let it, um, it got carried very heavily on the wires, which, you know, as you probably know, when you hit the wires, like the APs and the Reuters, then it becomes a smashing success, right? So it's ensuring that the message is, is tight and on target. And in this particular case, it's an experimental therapy, right? So, you know, the key is to ensure that the news flow doesn't get ahead of where the technology is. And that's always the risk in these kinds of things. Absolutely. And there's a lot of compliance issues and things like that because you're dealing with you know, very sensitive, very sensitive uh, communication. Totally. Well, I guess that's a good segue for my next question. What are some of your tips for getting your clients' stories in the media? <laughs> I think you need to talk to Nick, Nick Cannon for that. Uh, um, you know, I think we're realistic with our clients, right? Not every client has news that, is worthy of heavy pitching, right? And so you've got to be discerning about how you counsel clients and and setting expectations for what's realistic. Um, but we are very good at LHS in securing creative approaches to get our clients recognized. You know, whether that is, so let's say, you know, you have a client has a great story, but it's not New York, times worthy. Um, you know, it might be a technology and advancement in a rare disease area or or results of a clinical study or a partnership with another company. Well, unless that's a very big deal, it's not going to make national news. So, you know, there are other avenues, like if it's a venture stage company, there's there's publications like Venture Beat. You know, the Dow Jones has Venture Wire, right? These are, you know, behind the paywall kind of publications. It's, you know, that one in particular is owned by the Wall Street Journal. So we've been very successful in securing news there for earlier stage clients that then gets pulled through sometimes into, um, you know, actually pulling through and making the paper uh, or making the online full version. It comes out of the paywall into more of a national focus. Um, not always, but but we have definitely have had those opportunities. Um, we also are uh, very good at, at podcast opportunities, um, excellent at trade, and really working the angles on trade. And in our sector, there are you know um, a few specific publications, and that can be very tricky. Um, and, you know, navigating through all of that with our clients and the pros and cons of, of engaging how 
how close, how, how much to lean in and engage versus not. So it sounds like it's a lot of knowing where the right places to pitch stories to is. There's a, there's a decent amount of education and learning. This is not P and G. <laughs> no, not at all. So on your website, it was noted that Lavoie Health Sciences approaches their clients' PR and marketing needs through the lens of each of their target stakeholders, patients, providers, payers, partners, and investors, and develop solutions to help a client's story reach the right audiences. How does keeping in mind each audience change both your approach and the outcomes of the campaign? It changes it pretty dramatically, actually, right? So recently uh, we worked um, with a international mid-sized pharmaceutical company that has recently stepped their toe into uh, the oncology field. And they bought an asset from a small public company in the breast cancer space. And we were fortunate enough to work on not only that campaign, but the approval processes with the FDA and um, uh, a number of other, you know, not just earned media, but some other programs as well. That particular campaign was solely focused in the oncology market. The target was oncology, 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 and oncology. And even down to to the specification of community-based oncologists versus uh, top, top 100 hospitals and really looking at where we would reach community hospitals versus the bigger hospital network. And that was very important to them. This is not a company that is very focused um, on the investment community or Wall Street, unlike many of our other clients that the Wall Street Journal would be of utmost importance. That was not the case here. Gotcha, very nice. Well, what are some of the most beneficial skills for someone in the health sciences communications industry? Yeah, I would say, you know, to be successful in this sector, you have to have an insatiable appetite and interest in the space. You have to be extremely curious. Um, Having curiosity and asking a lot of questions is very, very important um, because it is a, it is complicated. It's it's not it's not that um, you can't achieve success. You can, but you have to want it. You have to want it. You have to ask questions. You have to be present, and you have to read and you have to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together or at least attempt to. Absolutely. And those <laughs> are just great skills for everything, right? <laughs> they are. Do you have any advice for PR students and young PR professionals who are beginning to enter their public relations and strategic communications careers? I do. Um, you know, I there has been so much in the last several years on social media and digital. And I think it's still extremely prevalent and important. And I think you, you need to have those skills. But what I noticed many times um, that's different in the students and the early um, entry folks that, that come into our sector 
is that where they where they shine is in social media. Um, and they don't necessarily have all the writing skills or the earned media. They seem to really shy away from earned media. And to me, you know, paid will, will always be a component, but there are many companies in particular in our sector who actually are, are not very interested in, in paid opportunities. In fact, their mindset is that it decreases the credibility. And so I think, you know, thinking about PR from the core of where it started is earned media is really foundational. And yes, channels are changing for sure. That goes without saying. Um, but at the same token, this, you know, the clients love the earned media. That's so interesting. I didn't realize that some organizations would think of social media and stuff like that as decreasing credibility, but I guess that totally makes sense. And well, it's not, it's not really social media per se, right? They don't understand how social media is advancing what they need to do necessarily, unless they're in a consumer kind of a play. And, you know, in, we're in a regulated market. So if you, if you're working on drug approval, um, you know, social media can be done, but it is highly restricted because you can't, you've got to communicate within a label. And so you've got all of these, um, you know, it's called ISI language, which basically is the label language for the product. So you'll notice that in, in our industry, if it's an approved drug, it's usually not about the drug. It's about data or it's about, it's about education around awareness of a particular condition or disease. So what I'm saying is paid content, meaning $50,000 for a paid piece in XYZ publication. It's right for certain companies, but for a lot of clients, they do not believe that that, that gives them the credibility. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. And that, I guess it all comes back to knowing your audience and how to reach them. Correct. I also love the point that you brought up about being well-balanced. You know, I think it definitely has some truth to it and that students are often coming into the job market with only a select couple of skills, but maybe missing the more um, traditional public relations skills that are still so relevant to every job that they might search for in the PR industry. Agreed. And, and like I say, you've got to know it all, but you've got to be able to put it all together and understand the plug and play of where things fit. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to move into a um, fun lightning round about more, more about you than about the company. <laughs> okay. So with that, I wanted to ask, if you got to collaborate with any organization, which organization would you like to collaborate with? And what does that mean specifically? I think it can mean whatever you want. <laughs> um, maybe work with in terms of if you got to partner with them with Lavoie Health Sciences, I don't know, any campaign or whatever. Okay. Um, interesting. You know, I don't know how to answer this question because um, we collaborate with a lot of organizations, right? And some of our campaigns, so take the, the campaign in, on the oncology side. We're collaborating with 
in the breast cancer space with uh, breast cancer advocacy groups. So our team is is working that channel, which is you know very rewarding, very interesting. There's great collaboration there. On the corporate side, we collaborate with organizations such as the Bio um, Innovation Organization or the Life Science Cares Foundation, which is um, which charges to eliminate poverty in the biotech sector market, for example. So those are, I'm actually on the board of advisors for Life Science Care. So these are organizations that that I'm proud to be a part of for sure. Awesome. And if you could create any invention to streamline or help with part of your day, what invention would you create? A master calendar organizer <laughs> that could see where the conflicts are and get back to people and reorganize all on the fly. Totally. I think that there are a lot of professionals who would love to use that. <laughs> For sure. And lastly, how do you like to unwind after a long day of work? Um, I, you know, love to run. I go to bar. I go to Pilates. Um, I lift weights. I play tennis. So all of those things. Very nice. Well, Donna, thank you again for joining us on this podcast. I really appreciate all the insights that you had to share with students and for telling us a little bit more about your company. Sure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you to Donna. And thank you to our listeners. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming soon.